0: So we're here again.
1: We've recorded 8 episodes. Can you believe it?
0: It's been uh it's been a wild ride, Clark. Wild ride.
1: <laughs> yes. What was that what was that phrase we uh we found the other day that was um peop- not people were up in arms, but it was that it was the one about uh temperature or, s- or scientists that were no, in, a, were, in a, were a rage raging. The the debate rages, rages on. on. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So we've been raging on for the past week and here we are we have been... ready to go. Let's get to it. I will I should say that there's a there's a chance that you'll hear crows in the background because the crows have been really loud today.
0: Yeah, that's in... We've had that interruption before.
1: Yes, cr- crows are actually a really big issue in Tokyo and they have to do a lot of things to try to curb them because and you should see these crows. I mean, they're massive like if one, you know, the we talked about the the movie The Birds. Yes. When you see the crows here, I would have I'd be scared to take one of these things on, let alone like hundreds.
0: Are they crows or are they ravens? Isn't isn't a raven larger than a crow?
1: I don't know actually, but I mean I know that they're crows, but I don't know anything about the difference between a crow and a raven. We'll have to have to look have to look that up.
0: <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs>
1: How would you rate your week in terms of general from one to 10? How do you feel about your week?
0: Oh, I would put it at a five. I was sick this week. Um, mm. I had, uh, so I've had a fair bit of anxiety uh, hit me recently. Part of it is because my, uh, my assistant has been gone to Hong Kong for a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks, actually, and uh, the level of work got uh, extremely high. And uh, of course, I had to pick up some of the slack that she would normally pick up, which is, which is fine. I was part of the deal, right? Um, people are allowed vacation. They should be allowed to enjoy it. And uh, I, it was great. I'm glad she got away. But my workload increased intensely. And uh, I think it took a little bit of a toll on me because on Tuesday afternoon, well, Monday she came back. And then on Tuesday afternoon, I was really, really, like I felt terrible. So I, uh, I decided to just take off for the day. I went home and I uh, went to bed. And and then Wednesday, I was also feeling sick. Thursday, I stayed home as an extra day. And then Friday, I went back to work. So I really missed two and a half days, two full days and a half half a day this week. And um, Friday was a, a very busy day. I stayed very late on Friday to get a bunch of work done. Mm-hmm. But I would say the whole time I was sick trying to kind of take care of myself i had a horrible anxious feeling and that horrible anxious feeling is that whole idea that i'm sick i can't afford to be sick i can't imagine how much work i'm gonna have to catch up on when i get back because yeah i'm probably like many people in you know in a mid to senior level executive position where you get literally if i went away for a week i would come back with I could come back, if I was gone for seven days, I could likely come back to close to 1,700 emails. I get close to 100 emails each day. Um, that might be small compared to some people, I don't know. But at any given moment, I could have easily over 100 emails in my inbox in one day. It's difficult when you have to come back and you see that the number of your inbox is 300 or 400 emails or, you know, when you've gone, when you've been gone for a week, It's it's Approaching the two thousand unopened emails, and you are like, "Oh my gosh!" And it's it's almost impossible to know where to start, right? So, anyway, all that to say, my anxious anxiety level was quite high when I went back to work on Friday, and I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't, I
1: wouldn't call it a great week, no. But I mean, we have them, right? So, Cal Newport, he's he's thinking email is like pre assembly line manufacturing. And that whatever's coming next, that I don't know if he's going to try to invent it or exactly what he doesn't know yet, because it's like his fourth book, but he doesn't know exactly what it's going to say, is he believes there's something out there that is going to revolutionize the way we do work akin to the invention of the assembly line. And it's going to be that email will be looked at as, how did people do it this way before?
0: Uh, that's interesting and i'm very anxious to uh to find out what that is and when you're talking about that i'm starting to think about do you remember the internet when it was um like pre cable access pre you know pre dsl when it was just you had to take a telephone Mm -hmm. line and plug it into your computer and it made that weird boingy sound when it was sound when it was connecting to the internet and uh I mean, that is a sound, it had that screech in there too. So there's like a screech and a couple of boings and, uh, and then, you know, then, then you were connected, right? When that happened, I mean, that was the pinnacle of like, you know, uh, um, next level technology, right? You were like, Oh my God, we're on the internet, right? Boing, yeah. flick, ding, ding, whatever yeah. it was, whatever the sound yeah. was. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, that became the sound for ancient technology, right? Because now when you hear that, you're like, oh, man, I was so 1995, right? So, I'm really anxious to find out what next level communication there is beyond email, because I'm sick of it. I hate it.
1: I think there's been some attempts made by these email programs to fix some of it. Like, they they try to – you can – bunch them or categorize some of them into conversations like or like like topics my outlook i think you can maybe do it on like right, i can where you it. can you can kind of categorize like if you go into gmail gmail has done this i think a couple of other programs have done this where they try to help you with that thread like keeping the threads together but it's it's horrible
0: but it's still there's still that total number of unread emails. So yes, if you and I have a conversation it keeps the thread together and everything is all bunched yeah. together. But when you have if there are 3 or 4 people in that thread, they're all connected. So you could have 5 unopened emails in that one thread in response to whatever it was that originally started yeah. the thread. But- and And then you can have several threads that have the same yes. thing, and that's what I walk into every day at work. I have dozens twenty thirty of these I've got thirty threads with each response from the four people that were copied on it, right so you know you times that by twenty threads you got you got that right there
1: that's eighty emails. I can really see how a book like this or a solution like this. And I think others have tried to, to make the solution things like programs like Slack are designed to, to, to be comp like to help with this. So you're, you're having conversations because that's what email has become. It's conversations back and forth and putting balls in one court and back into another and CCing a whole bunch of people. And you think when you're,
0: And there's a lot of covering your butt, right? So you're always, yeah. I hate emails so much that when I come home, people that send me email on Gmail or, uh, you know, I share an account with my wife as well, um, like, I don't, I don't want to open it. There's stuff that sits in there for a week before I get to it. And I see it, I look at it, I see it in my inbox and I'm like... I don't want to. All I do all day is answer yeah. fucking email. I don't want to address... I don't want to come home and sit with my laptop on my lap and answer more email. I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, really, the best way to get a hold of me, if you're going to get a hold of me, is, you know, a quick text. If you want to say hi, or... Uh, which is kind of stupid, because in a way, it's like just, just like mini email. It's like email light, yep. right? Yep. Texting. And then... Um, you know, but really the best way is to pick up a phone. And I know there are probably people out there who'd be like, oh my gosh, have a real conversation? It's so old-fashioned. Yeah, you know what? If you want to get a hold of me, I'm so tired of typing at the end of the day, at the end of the week. I'd much rather have a conversation. I hate email so much. I don't even know. Like, it, You just opened like a, a Pandora's box of shite that I don't like. Well, it's, anyway. it's something right.
1: we'll uh, have to... Uh work yeah maybe we can solve this problem somehow and maybe episode by episode 29 we'll have a solution
0: okay let's do that can i talk about something that i heard uh at work earlier this week that bothered the crap out of me um the misuse of the word travesty (laughs) (laughs) so this is something that has bothered me for many years um and i think a lot of people use the word travesty by saying things like oh did you hear about that little boy that got you know hit by the car the other day and you know they say he's not going to make it and oh what a travesty no that is not a travesty that's a tragedy that's what a tragedy is a travesty is a absurd or distorted representation of something that is not an absurd or distorted representation of something. And it bothers me to no end when someone you misuses the word travesty. I want to reach through the phone and strangle them.
1: So, someone, so so what we is were, your...
0: Yeah, we were in yeah. a meeting. We were in a meeting, a Skype meeting, um, earlier this week, and somebody said that. Uh, it's a travesty. It's just absolute travesty. No, it's not. What you mean is a tragedy. But could you imagine if I said that? No, excuse me, uh, Bill, uh, I think what you mean is a, a tragedy. <laughs> Sorry, because um, just so you know, I just want the, the Webster definition of the
1: word travel <laughs> read, read it right? out. It just Let's throw everybody that just out. pause. Um, and if anyone else in this room is also, I want, to, I want you all to be aware, this is the definition so that none of you will make the same mistake Bill just did.
0: It's just one of those pet peeves, and I know everybody has one. Everybody's got a pet peeve. But yeah, that's a beauty. That's one. That's one that drives me absolutely crazy.
1: I think you have an overly emotional reaction to this. I do. I, I think I it's. It, you're right. It's misuse of the word. You. You seem to have a where where someone might have like a a three out of five bother level on when it's misused. Yours is <laughs> definitely in the four point eight. <laughs> It's it's approaching five <laughs> for sure. It's like DEFCON right, level four. Right, right. I mean, on that note, i I have a couple. Uh, I have one that bothers me in particular, and and actually, I've always. It's not the same reaction as yours. It's more of a. I'm not really sure what the right expression is, but it's it's the term I could care less,
0: or mm-hmm. I couldn't yep.
1: care less. What do you What do you think? The right term between those two,
0: um, I couldn't care less is the right one. So, for instance, if if you tell me something that I don't care about, I would just say I, I, I couldn't care any less than I do right now. I mean, I, I I'm at the absolute <laughs> bottom of my caring level. But but if I said if I said I could care less, you'd be like, oh, c- you could care less than you do about yeah. that right now. So there, there, you haven't reached bottom yet. There's there's a another level of caring less than you do right now.
1: Apparently, according to Workopolis, it's the mother of all wrong phrases, and and the yeah. author, it's the common. author of this article says even I get crazy when people use it. So you you think this is this guy's travesty? The other uh, for for in, if you're interested in hearing some of the others, for all intensive. Purposes The phrase is actually for all intents and purposes.
0: Yes, it is it is common. Um, I did know that it was all for all intents and purposes.
1: Well, here's one that I hear a lot. I, I did a complete 360 on this and so example, a week after accepting the proposal, he did a complete sixty and read and decided to reject our offer. A complete 360? 360.
0: A complete 360. So, in this person's okay.
1: mind, it's like they turned around and cha- changed their mind, but... <laughs> That's a complete exactly, 180. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, here's another one. A, it's a doggy dog world. Dog eat dog world? It's a dog eat dog world. And one of the yeah. problems is Snoop Dogg. His third single of his 1993 debut album is a song called Doggy Dog World. So, now you have a rapper who's gone out and perpetuated the phrase even further. There's a couple others here, but you know, irregardless... Ir- Irregardless
0: yeah. is one that drives me bonkers. I, I can't handle that. I don't think anybody in an executive position should misquote or mispronounce any of the words that we just said. They should not be saying doggy dog world, <laughs> irregardless, um, for all intents of purposes. Like, you can't be saying that stuff. No, not, not at that level. Not at the executive level. And if you don't know... The proper way to say these things, then your, your executive card should be taken away yeah. from you.
1: <laughs> I, well, I will finish this little topic on the one that, um, that I was baffled by. I, I do this. You've got another thing coming.
0: Okay. And what's wrong with that one? You've got another thing You've coming. You've
1: got another thing coming. The correct phrase is actually you've got another think coming. Get
0: no, I challenge that. That's the
1: idea being if you think that, then you've got another think coming. No. I've never heard that. Nobody Ever.
0: Never. Nobody has. No, that's fake news.
1: Somebody wrote I challenge you, just like the lunar landing. (laughs) <laughs> Which you're, you were supposed to do to your look homework it up? on that, yeah. and I don't think you probably did. But um, no, it, the correct phrase is, you've got another think coming. Are you? Is that real? 100%. Um, oh, really?
0: Okay, I'm going to check that one out. You've got another think coming. And, and the reasoning is because if I think that... Then I have another thing coming.
1: So, this author, the author of this this article, uh, he says, he agrees with you, and I agree with it, too, that he says <laughs> nuts to that. Who uses think as a noun? You've got another nuts? thing coming. Oh you must be as in, If you expect one thing, you've got another thing coming. Makes perfect sense to this author, and he will continue to use it thusly.
0: <laughs> N- Nice good okay. <laughs> i I I'm, think I'm he's with right. that author yeah. I am too um, okay, end on a light note uh, a couple of uh couple of things that I thought would be fun to talk about for the last few minutes what's What's the weirdest thing that you've ever seen in someone's home I mean, I've seen some strange ornaments in people's houses mm-hmm um you know things that you look at and you're like why would you put that in your house like my <clears throat> I'll say this about my parents my parents have had um the same house for a really long time and uh I don't know how this happened but my dad came across a pair of these bull horns from a like a cow but yep. they weren't like, and then they're the, like the ones that go like kind of like straight out like this. So it wasn't from your regular Holstein cow bull or something like that. It was from some strange, I don't know, like a South American cattle or something. And there was these horns that came straight out from, you know, the skull that they popped off and then mounted to some piece of wood. My, my dad thought it was fantastic and loved it. And had, mm-hmm. it's mounted in the basement. They're in the basement, and they've been there for years. My mom hates it. I never understood why he put them there. Um, but, hey, you know, it's their house. They can do what they want. So
1: That reminds me of the leg lamp in A Christmas Story. Ah, oh,
0: so good. My Uncle Ray. I, I know I probably shouldn't say names. Is he
1: the Drakkar Noir guy?
0: No, different guy. But he, he has uh, or had a miniature version of the leg lamp. Okay. And it's actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is actually cool.
1: If it was full out sized and in his living room window, that's kind of weird. Yeah, no. But that's like a novelty item. Uh, yeah. So I just thought of something that answers your question. I went into somebody's bathroom on their main floor and they had a toilet and they had a urinal.
0: Oh, nice. I actually stalled Installed in their house. No, that is actually cool.
1: I'm not saying I, it's not cool well it it was just weird to me
0: it is a bit weird I've I've also been in someone's house that had a urinal as well and, oh uh, really yeah I actually thought to myself that's not a bad idea like at first yeah. when I walked in I had the same reaction I was like what did I just walk into a public toilet but <laughs> uh, but no I, I kind of thought to myself you know what I understand this I understand you know the idea of it it's actually a pretty cool idea Okay, one last question. Um, what would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse?
1: God, the coolest animal. I can think of animals that would be just scary if you scaled up. To the size. Imagine scaling a mouse up to the size of a horse.
0: No, that would be frightening. Or a rat. Yeah.
1: Oof. Cute, Coolest animal. Well, you've seen it go the other way, miniaturizing things like miniature horses. Uh-huh. Um Ponies and stuff like that. If you could scale it up to the size of a horse,
0: coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse.
1: I just can't think of something that isn't wouldn't be scary. Wouldn't make it the scariest animal. So Can you imagine I
0: don't, taking like um like a flea and scaling it up to the size of a horse. Yeah, yeah or like yeah. I, I agree with you. Or, a fly. I can't. I can't.
1: Oh I I I'm gonna say there isn't any. I don't. There, I don't. There is no. There's nothing that I would want to see go from being extremely tiny to the size of a horse that wouldn't scare the crap out of me.
0: Is there something fluffy and cute? Like a bunny? Like even a giant rabbit? No,
1: that's scary.
0: I know. That's what I know. A and giant And we've seen
1: ra- that. You see that at Easter when you get these crazos that dress up like Easter bunnies <laughs> and then you're supposed to put your kid on their laps and take a photo.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: It's yeah. scary. It's creepy. It is scary.
0: All right. Should I do one more? Should I find one more? Sure. (laughs) What's the best Wi-Fi name that you've ever seen? So, like, before I mention that, uh, or let me just qualify it. Like, you know when you go and you have to connect on someone's Wi-Fi? You're like, oh, hey, uh, what's your what's your Wi-Fi password? And then you, you yeah. hit your phone and, or your laptop or whatever, and you look for the Wi-Fis, and it'll bring up like all the Wi-Fis in within reach, within that mm. zone, right? And yes. so you'll get you know that person's Wi-Fi, and you'll get all the people around them, sure, um,
1: like Bill's Wi-Fi or the the, yeah. the the Grayson family Wi-Fi. I think the one that I saw that I thought was pretty cool was FBI surveillance truck. That is awesome. You saw that? You did Yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. There's a
0: guy in my neighborhood that has "Get off my lan." Lan. L a n. Uh, get off like my lan. Area yeah. network. Uh, yeah,
1: that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FBI surveillance truck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, that's great. I'm going to change ours to that. I'm seriously, I'm going to do that.